Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you had a great, great day and a great, uh, ready for a great weekend uh, ahead because it's been fantastic, great weather. Uh, thank you so much for your support and all the time you spend with me. We've touched upon uh, several topics in the last two days. We've touched upon uh, the topics of the Bengal famine and how famine is going to come back to India again soon if the water levels are not checked, uh, but that can be avoided. Uh, today we're going to talk about something important, Khalistan, because that's been in the news. We know that Khalistani separatists uh, uh, sponsored by Soros and the Muslim Brotherhood um, have been attacking Indian embassies everywhere. It is important to understand who is Khalistan, what is Khalistan, so we're going to use the history of, of the region and go from there. So just the start of it, um, more than anything else, Khalistan is a project for bringing about the destruction of the Indian state in a welter of communal disturbances. Uh, a holy war against India, and I quote Connor Bryan, Connor Cruz O'Brien, in 1988. So it's holy war in India, okay, uh, to bring about the destruction of the Indian state by causing communal disturbances everywhere. Okay, uh, that's basically the long and short of it. Um, some people say that it was started by British colonial policies for getting Sikhs recruited into the army against the Hindus. I don't believe so, but you may have your opinion on it. Um, this being said, let's get down to it. Khalistan wants Punjab. Okay, They want the historical state of the Sikh empire, but the Sikh empire uh, is, Ka is Kashmir. The Sikh empire is Punjab, Haryana, uh, Himachal, Afghanistan was part part of Afghanistan, not the whole of Afghanistan, part of a small part of Afghanistan was under um, under the Sikh Empire. That's why you have so many Gurudwaras there, and you have Sikhs there. Uh, they speak uh, the language of the area. They are actually Afghans, and and they came, they've come here only. Their refugees are coming back all the time. So they want to restore, uh, the Khalistani separatists want to restore um, the Sikh empire. Okay, so this is neo-colonialism. This is a colonial hangover, long and short of the story. But why do they want it only in Indian Punjab? Why do they not want to resurrect in, uh, in, in uh, um, Pakistani Punjab or in, in Kashmir, uh, the Kashmir's Pakistani side? Why not in the, in the Afghan side? Because they have no balls. They just attack people who are weak. That's all. Uh, they are disgusting. Uh, they attack people who are weak and they are sponsored in totality by the Muslim Brotherhood and the ISI, Pakistani ISI, along with George Soros. We know who he is. We don't need to go into it. So these three groups keep funding them, renting them out to do their thuggery, uh, their thuggery, their mafia, their rape. Um, anything you want uh, to be done, any under, underworld stuff to be done, they're the underworld of the, of the Pakistani ISI, the, the underworld of the um, um, Muslim Brotherhood um, and Soros, even, a, even some 
uh, official state governments uh, all over the world, uh, international states, international countries who use them for their thuggery. Uh, so they rent it out to whoever and anyone pays them and gives them money. Uh, but this doesn't start, uh, Kalasan doesn't start from here. So basically, uh, during independence, when uh, uh, Jinnah actually asked for two-state solution, that means uh, a separate electorate, a Muslim electorate within the Indian dominion, that means no separation of India and Pakistan. At that time, India and Pakistan was not even on the map, on, on the table. He wanted separate electorates. Um, Use, using the modern state of uh, using the modern state of uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and northern India, Kashmir, uh, Delhi. So the whole part, Kashmir, Delhi, Himachal, uh, Haryana, um, Punjab, um, east west flanks of Pakistan. Uh, which is today Pakistan and Bangladesh. He wanted all of that separate electorate. That would be green. Only Muslims there. Okay, um, and he wanted, and he was willing to give Hindu to the other states. Uh, other states would be Hindu. So, Muslim and states and Hindu states within the dominion. Okay, but obviously, it was it didn't happen. It was not going to happen. No one's going was going to take it, and so it ended up into partition. Okay, I want two different states. We want one Hindu India, and we want um, Muslim Pakistan. Okay, east and west flank. Obviously, that didn't completely happen as the way he wanted it. So in the end, uh, we had to separate, uh, um, divide uh, two states. Two. One was Bengal into east and west, and we had to t divide Punjab into east and west. The problem with Punjab is there's not only one, two communities, there are three communities. There's Hindus, Muslims, and Sikhs. Now, Sikhs in Punjab at that particular point, I apologize if you hear paper moving because I got notes and books all about the place. So, uh, Punjab, uh, Punjab, Sikhs, although a minuscule minority in the total population of India, the Sikhs from 13, formed 13 to 14% of Punjab's population um, at that time in, in the surrounding areas of Punjab. Uh, they were not a majority in any one of the 29 districts of Punjab or the princely states in eastern Punjab ruled by Sikhs. They were, however, significantly represented in the Indian army. Um, so I'm quoting you from the book Jinnah, The British Decision to Partition India. Uh, written, this book is written by Ishtiak Emma, very, very good Pakistani Swedish author. And I've done some uh, podcasts on, on the book. Fantastic book. If you get a chance, read it. Um, so basically, yes. So approximately 13 to 14% of Punjab's population. But uh, more importantly, they were not a majority in any one of the districts. So they couldn't even win a seat. Uh, now, uh, basically, what was the plan of the Sikhs in that at that time? Okay, so they knew that they were going to get massacred. This, the uh, they did not. Their goal was not to join. Um, was not to join um, Pakistan at all. Okay, um, their goal was absolutely not to join Pakistan. 
they wanted to either be, they had two goals, but they had three plans on the table. A free Punjab with an agreement or agreements with Hindustan and Pakistan about defense. A Punjab to join uh, Pakistan, a Punjab to join Hindustan, or a Punjab to be divided. Okay. That was the third dominion in Punjab. So this was on the table at that point of time. Sorry, four points here. Punjab would be divided, which it ended up being. But there was also Punjab to join Hindustan, Punjab to join Pakistan, and Punjab, a free Punjab. But Jinnah knew that without Punjab, there would be no Pakistan. Okay, So he absolutely wanted the entire Punjab up to Chandigarh, probably up to Delhi. He wanted the whole thing to Delhi. Uh, and obviously the, the Congress was not going to give it. The, the Brits were not going to give it. You're not going to have a foreign state right up to your capital. Uh, because that was the capital going to be the capital of, of, of India, free India. Uh, no one was going to give him that. And he, he Jinnah wanted to be a buffer state. Um, but obviously... He, he didn't get it. So, uh, in the end, um, I'm just going to read you a couple of things over here. It's very important. Um, and I quote a certain Ian Co Co Copland in the book Jinnah. He says, the Sikh plan existed from at, from at least 1945, which held that if India was partitioned, they would go first and foremost to a large Sikh, uh, foremost for a large Sikh state, which would not, which would include not only the princely states but also major parts of central Punjab. To achieve the same, they would expel Muslims by force from central Punjab and settle Sikhs from western and northern Punjab, and thus create a compact Sikh majority. The second recourse was to try for uh, the option within India. Um, and in Copeland's view, the Punjab uh, Suba movement of the 1950s and 60s and later Khalistan movement of the 1970s and 80s was a result of this grand plan. They were fully aware of the fact that the partition of Punjab would inevitably divide the community evenly between India and Pakistan, but they, did, they were determined to consolidate Sikhs in an Indian Punjab by expelling the Muslims. These are the Sikhs I'm talking about. Uh, so this was, uh, by and large, what the Sikhs uh, movement wanted at that time because they knew in the end uh, India was going to be divided into Pakistan and, um, and, and India. And uh, the Sikhs were in between, so this is basically what they wanted um, to get a place for them, preferably within uh, India, uh, individually, if not with India, to expel the Muslims and uh, relocate the Sikhs from other regions in that area and concentrate on a majority. Um, but Jinnah was too anxious uh, to have the Sikhs agree to Pakistan. He was prepared to give them anything they wanted if they would accept Pakistan. Uh, and he was told that he was being very generous. Uh, but, you know, how would they know exactly what his position would be? Um, and Jinnah said, you will have a government, your own government, like in a state. You will have a parliament and you will have defense forces. What part will the Sikhs have in all of these? Um, so, basically, he, he wanted, he, was, he told the leader of the Sikhs, 
put whatever you want on paper. I will mark I agree on it. Just like happened, just like that happened in Egypt. Because Egypt, you have the cops, Christian cops, and your Muslim majority, and and basically that's a mess there too. Um, so what they did was they wanted um, uh, they wanted um, a Punjab like that. They told us a Punjab. Um, uh, the, the elite who were fighting for independence, they said, well, you know, say whatever you want, put whatever you want on paper, and we will agree, just come with us. So they wanted the entire Punjab with Jinnah and with Pakistan. And, um, and Jinnah wrote, I agreed, you know, I agree with everything you say. Didn't matter, he sold them any cock and bull story, like he sold. He sold secularism to the Hindus who were in Pakistan. He told the uh, uh, he told the Muslim ulama and the elite, no, we'll have an Islamic state. We'll have it's only for Islam. It's only for Islam. He told someone else everything. So he changed the story depending on who he met, because at the end of the day, he was not really interested in selling the idea. Um, your religion or an ideology, he wanted the maximum amount of land for his Pakistan. So he was willing to change his story like a chameleon any way he got any way he got it to sell his product of Pakistan and get the maximum amount of land the people on his province, uh, mainly the Sikhs and mainly um, mainly the Sikhs and mainly in uh, um, the Muslims, obviously. So. Basically, however, you know, it didn't work out because the ultimate goal of the Sikhs set before them seemed to be the establishment of a Sikh rule in Punjab. Unfortunately, none, none of them mattered. Punjab was divided into um, Punjab was divided into West Punjab, which is part of Pakistan. They got eighty percent of it, and twenty percent of Punjab only is in India. And for that twenty percent, they are fighting. Okay, so you can imagine, why are you not fighting for Khalistan in, in Pakistan, uh, which is 80% of Punjab, if you really care about Khalistan, uh, uh, Khalistan? Why are you not fighting for Punjab uh, uh, in Kashmir, Pakistan occupied Kashmir or Afghanistan? Because this group is funded in totality by the Muslim Brotherhood, the Pakistani ISI and George Soros. Their only goal is a project for bringing about the destruction of the Indian state as a welter in a in a welter of communal disturbance. So they are going to create communal disturbances uh, right to the money, right to the bone. Okay, they're going to um, run a bloody campaign to carve out a Sikh, a theocratic Sikh state of Khalistan, means land of the pure uh, and other parts of northern India. Um, so basically I'm going to talk about Khalistan now, how it came about, uh, because we know uh, Punjab was uh, separated into two. And this is very good site called HinduAmerican.org, and you can read all about it on that HinduAmerican.org. Okay, fantastic site about uh, Khalistan and um, and Khalistani ideology. So, um, once once Punjab was um, uh, separated into India and Pakistan, obviously we had the genocide that happened over there. Uh, many many Sikhs had to kill uh, uh, kill their own daughters. They chopped off the heads of their daughters uh, because they did not want their daughters to get raped uh, by um, 
by Muslims. Uh, and so that's why they, they chop. We heard stories about women, um, about chopping off of the heads of their daughters uh, so that they just to save their honor. And this happened across the board. Can you imagine the trauma that goes into it? Uh, but once it was done, finally, uh, we know that within India, Punjab was trifurcated between Punjab, Haryana, and Himachal Pradesh in 1966 along linguistic lines. Haryana and Himachal were Hindi-speaking states. Punjab was the Sikh state. Okay, And many Punjabis resented this. Uh, they also resented sharing a joint capital of Chandigarh for Punjab and Haryana. Um, and viewed water sharing agreements with Haryana as unfair, favoring farmers to the detriment of Punjab. Sikh religious leaders were uh, additionally apprehensive, apprehensive of, of the community losing its identity and culture and wanted a greater state uh, powers for Punjab. Okay. Now, in spite of the fact that the bulk of the, prime, the chief ministers, the army, Punjab police are all Sikhs, they are still fighting. I mean, everyone there is practically Sikh from the Punjab uh, border force, the Punjab police force, um, the Punjab... Um, um, the Punjab government, what more do they want? They got Punjabi, but they're still fighting. Well, part of that is a problem because of the Congress. Okay, the Congress, uh, Punjab, uh, Punjabis were in the hands, um, were allied with the British. Okay, Punjab, Sikhs and Punjabis, well, I wouldn't say Sikhs, but Punjabis on the whole, uh, was a preferred province of the British. Okay, because it was rich in agriculture, it was... Um, it was the Silk Route, um, I wouldn't say the Silk Route, but the ancient route where, you know, uh, the Silk Route passed by. Uh, we know that it contributed a lot to the coffers of, of, the Brit of Britain, and Britain itself invested a lot in the development of Punjab. And you can go into history and see that. We're not going to talk all about it right now. They invested heavily in the... Um, um, heavily into Punjab uh, uh, agriculture infrastructure at that point of time. Um, and so they were very, very, uh, uh, Punjabis were pro-British. Um, pro, uh, when the Jallianwala Bagh massacre happened, many Punjabis and, and, Sikh and Sikhs and Muslim leaders from this province uh, allied with the with, um General Dyer and the British. They actually sided with uh, the British and General Dyer, and that is not told to us in, in our English uh, school textbooks, but yes, there are many Punjabis who sided with them. Um, there were also many Punjabis who got into the armed forces of the British. Remember, there were a lot of poor people uh, caught in the class warfare, tribal warfare, jat warfare. So being being in uh, in the armed forces with the British meant no tribes, no class, no caste. Everything was equal, and basically that was it. So they joined the armed forces, and they shared a, a real, real good uh, space in the armed forces. Remember, they are warriors, the Punjab. Punjabi, so it's very natural for them to be in the armed forces. But uh, because they were allied with the Brits, um, 
the Congress did nothing to bring them on board. Uh, really distanced themselves from uh, from the con uh, from the Sikhs. Never really gave in to them. Never really worked with them. Never really formed the bond with them. They were always treated as, as outsiders, uh, people with problems, people creating problems. Although Punjab is the breadbasket of India, uh, they really never did anything. And the worst I've always felt is. Um, they never promoted the Sikh language, uh, Gurumukhi. They never promoted any uh, Punjabi language, Punjabi culture, except for chicken tikka and tandoori chicken uh, and naan, um, which is from North India, obviously. Um, and they never promoted anything about Guru Nanak. In, in our textbooks in school, in our state schools, we had one page on Guru Nanak. That's it, one page. Today, we are fighting for the culture of the Hindu Vedic civilization. Sikhs have been doing this from 1947. They're saying, well, we're losing our culture. Why should we not uh, rise up? So they have a point there. The, the Congress made a mistake in not working with the Sikhs from 1947, uh, forming bonds uh, with them, using them for culture, teaching, language, putting Gurumukhi in our schools to learn this great language, teaching us the history of the Sikh empire, history of, uh, of Guru Nanak and the region. It, it was all Mughals, Mughals, Mughals. So Punjab, uh, the Congress sold our country to the, um, sold our country to, to the Islamic uh, movement and to the Christian um, uh, ecosystem in the back because they got big money from Europe, they got big money from the Islamic movement, but in India, the ecosystem. So they sold our country to these two colonial empires, they're relics of the empires, but they left out our own Dharmic people, and one of that, those groups are the Sikhs. And that's why they were angry, they resented this uh, bifurcation or trifurcation, sharing a capital with Haryana. Uh, water treaties between um, between the two and that was a little bit uh, difficult and so we've come we've you know uh, spiraled out of control for these uh, uh, for these reasons um, so that many issues often mark state federal government relations in newly independent countries and they were perceived by many Sikhs as religiously motivated policies of discrimination against them and they were exploited uh, by radical leaders so all these problems were, were were exploited by the radical elements of that time to build a Sikh narrative with Sikhs in Sikh interests that would be um, that would be safeguarded in an independent Sikh country of uh, Khalistan. Um, they further compounded by a mix of un by mafia politics, manipulation of religious identities and institutions, um, and brought all these radical uh, forces in the forefront of politics. Um, we know that there are there were also radical Sikh groups led by Bindran Wale and the Nin Nirankari sect, considered heretical by the former. So there were there were clashes within the Sikh communities because everyone did no one agreed, no one agreed to each other because just because you say the word Sikhs doesn't mean they're all together, they're all united. They're different tribes within the community, just like you have Christianity, just you have Islam, just you have Hinduism. Um, 
many, many uh, tribes, and each one has to agree with the other for them to be u united uh, and have an empire. Uh, and this has gone on for a very long time. You have It's like currents and waves. Do you have all waves at the same length? No. So every group, every tribe is a, is a wave. And, and they're different. You're dif different levels. You can't all bring them together. Because, but we're all water. And this is what people don't understand, that we are currents and waves. And that's why you say Hindutva, Atva, all that lies in between. Hind, the water that surrounds us, that makes us up. So what are currents that form our waves? And that's important to understand. So sorry, I went off topic a little bit. But here we are. So there were violent clashes um, in 1978 between uh, Jarnail Singh Bindarwale and Nirankari sect, uh, which is considered as being the Khalistan movement. Now, we also understand, very important, I talked about 1978, but in 1970, we have uh, the... Pakistan civil war where East Pakistan separated and formed uh, Bangladesh. Uh, obviously, India helped Bang uh, uh, East Pakistan and we gave a lot of money to them. However, having said that, um, Pakistan, West Pakistan, um, that is modern day Pakistan, was not going to keep quiet and just say, oh yes, now we're separated. They funded radical elements within Punjab to break away Punjab from the Indian state just like um, the just like um, uh, East Pakistan was broken off, although East Pakistan was not broken off because of India. East Pakistan was broken off because of a genocide and political arguments uh, between East and West Pakistan. India only went to help for the genocide, but Pakistan considered that India is responsible for them, so they have to break off Punjab um, between uh, from India, and they have been constantly supporting the ISI. So, uh, absolutely, once the um, once we had the uh, West East Pakistan breaking off, the ISI in modern day Pakistan, current day Pakistan, supported these uh, militant outfits within. Uh, Sikh forces and brought them to the forefront of politics. Um, of course, Bindran Wale targeted many Hindus, murdered um, Lala Jagat Narayan, the publisher of the Punjab Kesari, uh, who was a vocal critic of Bindran Wale. And so the Khalistan movement peaked in the 80s and 90s because they were heavily supported by the ISI uh, in order to break it away from India, just like the reverse happened in East uh, Pakistan. Uh, there were violent campaigns, including bombings, assassinations, kidnappings, selective killings, and massacre of, of civilians. Uh, the movement resulted in 22,000 deaths of Sikhs and Hindus alike, and approximately 12,000 civilians. Violence broke out in on an international dimension, uh, obviously after uh, Prime Minister Indira Gandhi was assassinated, and then the Khalistanis, supported by um, the ISI, um, bombed there in their flight in Canada on route from Toronto to New Delhi, killing uh, 329 people on board, 82 chil children and under the 30 age of 13. And of course, we also know uh, that they tried to bomb uh, air India flight in in in, uh, in Japan. 
militants are Sikh militants are responsible for human rights abuses uh, during the violent separate separatist struggle of independent Khalistan, including killings of Sikhs and Hindu uh, civilians, assassination of political leaders, and indiscriminate use of bombings leading to a large number of civilians dead in Punjab. Um, over time, the Khalistan movement has descended into thuggery, mafia. The militants increasing engaged in robbery, extortion, rape, uh, and indiscriminate killings and ever escalating terrorist attacks on innocent civilians. So since the, since the 90s, the Sikh militants or the Khalistanis are generally viewed as unprincipled criminal gangs. Um, obviously, in response to this movement, the Indian state clamped down on these uh, with, with the Khalistanis by force, at times themselves committing violations of human rights. Um, The Congress Party-led central government contributed to the problems, obviously, in the state by undermining democratic institutions and interfering with elections and failing to adequately address the local issues at the state level, relations between the center and the state. Um, and like I said, you know, the majority of, of police forces in uh, security forces in Punjab and politicians uh, are Sikh. So I don't know. So they're still crying about the identity. And that's really ridiculous because their own they've got a state, they've got the Sikhs controlling the state, they're still not invested in their identity. How much more identity do you want? Because your own Sikhs cannot take, a, take care of yourself. You go outside and the Sikhs are doing fantastic all over the world, but within their own state, they refuse, they cannot take care of themselves. So whose fault is it? The Sikhs not... Um, not uh, creating that foundation for Sikh culture because the moment someone else comes in, they'll say, oh, you're interfering. Oh, you're not doing it correctly. You don't know. So they, they, when they are in charge, are they doing it themselves? No, they're not doing it themselves. They're making a mess of it. And, and so the Congress Party, obviously, they too uh, undermine democratic institutions, interfered in elections to put their men in power, um, and they failed to uh, address local issues, um, state issues, normal social issues. So that's why we're out in a mess right now. Um, the majority of, of victims of militant violence were innocent Sikhs who were killed by separatists for opposing the Khalistan movement. Uh, so Sikhs killing Sikhs for opposing the movement. In 1991, for instance, Sikh civilians compromised over 70% of victim militant attacks. So the Sikh civilians themselves paid the price with 70% of the victims being Sikhs. Um, the low castes of Sikhs were frequently victims of this Khalistani attack. Uh, Hindus were also targeted in large strategy to ignite communal tensions and force Hindus to flee Punjab in fear. Uh, so there were systematic violence, posters, threatening Hindus to leave. Um, thousands of Hindus fled their homes, uh, lived as refugees in neighboring states. 
Uh, grenades and bombs were thrown into Hindu festivals, movie theaters, militant firing indiscriminately, crowded markets. Hindu Hindus were pulled off buses and trains and massacres were common occurrences during the period. Uh, and some of the examples are here below. 1985 May, uh, Khalistani militants set off bombs, 30 bombs in the span of 14 hours in buses and trains. 8, 1986, 24 Hindu passengers were massacred. Uh, March 1988, militants killed 32 Hindus and injured 25 more. June 1989, two Sikh buses were shot, passengers were shot dead by militants. November 1989, 19 students were killed by militants while sleeping in a dorm in the Engineering College of Patiala. June 1991, 125 men and women and children were killed by Khalistani commando forces. Um, they stopped a train near the city of Badoval and militants openly fired. May 1992, All India radio station director was kidnapped and decapitated by Khalsa militants. Um, now, this is not all. You have anti-Hindu propaganda all about the place with anti-Hindu rhetoric, uh, hate speech, demonizing the Hindu community, celebrating uh, Hindu festivals. Just like today, now they are, they are attacking the Hindu, um, the Indian consulate. Uh, the Dal Khalsa attained not your note authority for hijacking the Indian Airlines plane in 1981. You have the Bindaran Wale, the most prominent Khalistan leader, uh, using massive anti-Hindu rhetoric. Um, and um, you also had in 1984 Ajib Singh Bagri, a leader in Khalistani militant group, Babar Khalsa International. I also declared in a rally, I give you my solemn assurance that we will kill 50,000 Hindus and we will not rest till it happens. Of course, then you had the Operation um, Blue Star, uh, where in 1982, um, Bindaran Wale used the Golden Temple as the operations and stored arms and ammunitions there. He declared that he was directing attacks, violent attacks, from the sacred temple um, and we know what happened in 1984 the operation blue star to flush out Bindaran Wale and militants um, so he had um, Bindaran Wale establish uh, a center of his terror campaign in the Hari Mandir Sahib of Amritsar the holiest place to Sikhs um, he established his terror campaign over there. Thousands of pilgrims in the Golden Temple grounds uh, when the assault began were used as human shields and the, uh, that's why we lost so many people. Uh, although the assass uh, Bindaran Wali and his associates were killed, there were a large number of civilian casualties, which is very, very common when Pakistan is behind this. When the Pakistanis uh, or the Muslim, uh, Islamic movements uh, go to fight their uh, insurgency on the ground, they always use civilians as a human shield and they'll say, see, 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 it's, it's civilians, they're killing civilians. They're not killing civilians, you're using civilians as a human shield. Um, 
so basically that's it the international support for Pakistan is uh, global you have uh, pro Khalistani support in the states Canada United Kingdom as well as the Pakistani ISI supporting them uh, the Sikh diaspora all over the world there are plenty of them many many people and, and communities um, uh, um, supporting them monetarily um, the, and, and providing financial support. Um, Sikhs in Canada, United States, um, Australia, New Zealand. Well, I don't know New Zealand, but I'm, I'm hearing news about New Zealand now. Um, and so we understand that this is not over in a hurry. This has been a long time in the making. This has started from... Um, before partition when the Sikhs wanted a separate state uh, because of the division of uh, Punjab into two states. It then led to the Congress not taking care of social issues, local issues at the local level, separating the state, and it's just blown out of proportion since then. It will calm down, it will go back up again because the basic issues of social issues, state, uh, local issues, uh, for drugs, uh, a lot of things, uh, uh, agriculture, uh, many, many things, uh, poverty, all of that leads to uh, radical forces filling in the void and using this void to create more trouble and um, and, and finally, uh, you know, chaos and communal disturbances and using religion as a basis for it. But of course, um, our beautiful Congress, the leftists and all the sources of the world fi uh, financially support these people uh, to no end because, uh, you know, I don't know what they get a kick out of this. But hey, this is what it is. And uh, we have to learn, understand history. We have to learn from history. We have to make every junction into an intellectual laboratory. We have to heal, take our responsibility, my friend. Friends, very important to take our responsibility. Have that conversation because stopping that conversation, stop stopping the violence in the homes starts with conversations and that conversation will continue in the street and the violence will stop on the street. So the goal is to stop the violence by stopping it in your home and then you will stop it in your streets. On that note, I wish you all the very best. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And please spread this podcast as much as you possible. More importantly, do your research, understand the basis behind it and, and have that conversation with your friends, your families, uh, your peers, and so that we can heal from the inside and slowly by slowly rise above the status quo and heal with our Sikh friends and the Punjabi um, co colleagues and, and fellow citizens. Thank you for that. Thank you for your time. I wish yourself a great day ahead.